Hello, hello. You stole my thing. No, Did I? I'm just kidding. I always say hello, hello. Oh, I'm sorry. Happy <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care. I'm Savannah. I'm Alicia. And this is Burden of Proof. You stole my intro. I didn't mean to. I don't know why I just thought of Step Brothers. <laughs> I know you touched my drum set. <laughs> Such Did a good we just movie. become best friends? Yeah, that was us. Like, almost two years ago. Well, a year and a half ago. That's crazy. Yeah. On one hand, it feels so much longer. Like a lifetime. I know, but we've accomplished so much that it feels like it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Well, that I was going to say, on the other hand. Yeah, on the other hand. It feels like yeah, just a couple weeks ago. I won't say yesterday. It's not quite. <laughs> not quite yesterday. Not quite yesterday. But a couple weeks ago, for sure. A few weeks ago. I don't know. Everything's changed so much since then, like, because I've moved out since then, and I've been living on my own for, well, not on my own. I live with my fiance, but like a year. Yeah. So anyway. She's all grown up. I know. I'm a big girl now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not all grown up. I just asked you how to clean my vacuum cleaner earlier, <laughs> so I'm not all grown up, but that's okay. I try not to take offense when you say need to ask an adultier adult. That just means you have your shit together more than I do. It doesn't. That, do I, though? More than me, I think. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. When was the last time you did your laundry? Yesterday. See, you have it together more than me. It's been like a week and a half, so. Yeah, but prior to that, it had been like a week and a half, but that's because I got all the laundry done before. Yeah, you can do laundry for four people. Yeah. And I can barely do laundry from two people. Well, that's not true. I always have his laundry done <laughs> because he, so my fiance works a lot. So for me to do his yeah. laundry is like a totally normal thing. Don't, nobody say anything. Why would anybody say anything? Because people are going to be like, he should do his own laundry. Trust me. Half the you time, you live together. Half the time he does mine because I forget it. Like it's, we're, it's fine. Like, do you do all your laundry separate? I wash his work clothes separately, yes, because he works in a hospital. Well, yeah, and that then he makes works. Sense. Um, his second job is he works tree work, so yeah, that's dirty. Yeah, so yeah. his work that clothes, makes sense. Yeah, they do get washed. Separately. I didn't think the regular, his regular, his play clothes, <laughs> his play clothes, <laughs> his regular clothes. We just throw in the same hamper, but all his work stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I always, he always has work stuff done. But I don't. I just anyway. This is a tangent that I don't know why we're <laughs> talking about my laundry. Fault. Anyway, tangent aside, welcome to part two of Lori Vallow, Doomsday Mother. I don't know if that's what we're titling. Is that what we're calling this? No, that's what everybody else calls her, though. Doomsday Mother. Doomsday hmm. Mother. Okay. Um, We left off with Lori, Tylee, and JJ and her brother Alex moving to, quote, somewhere cold and not telling anybody where they were going. The North Pole. Oh, my gosh. They are getting on the Polar Express. <laughs> Hot chocolate. Did they take Angel with them? <laughs> <laughs> yes, their friend Angel. Um, if if you're all just listening to this one first, go back and listen yes, to the oh first one. Yeah, definitely listen to part one first. Um, and you'll understand my Angel reference. Yeah. Also, you wouldn't have any idea what's going on. <laughs> this is not one that you can separate. Yeah. Are you going to give a little recap, though? Um, no. So that they go back and listen to part Part one. of me wants to say, yeah, because that would be the smart thing, but I didn't write a recap. Basically, listen to part well, one. Wait, 
We left off with Charles Vallow being shot and killed. Why don't you give the recap? Of what I remember? Yeah. Pop quiz. How much were you paying attention? <laughs> okay, so we left off. Charles. Yes. Is dead. Yes, he's dead. Lori's husband. Thir- fourth husband. It was her third husband. Third husband. Killed by her brother, but he's not arrested because they couldn't prove whether it was self-defense or not. And then Lori makes the announcement that they're leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes her two younger kids because her oldest son is an adult and he's living on his own. Mm-hmm. They don't tell anyone where they're going. They're just going someplace cold. Yes. And she had been having an affair with Chad Daybell. Yes. Cult leader extraordinaire, but not really because there's very few people. Yeah. He's not really like gathering. Yeah, he wasn't like actively recruiting. Yeah. Or taking their money or anything, which I think, you know, he was just leading. Well, he kind of is by selling. Yeah, a little bit. And stuff, but. But mostly he just had extremist ideals that he was spreading and. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Good job. Good recap. I don't know that it was, but thank you. (laughs) You just got like the last 20 minutes of the episode. The rest of the 40, you got to go listen to the first (laughs) or whatever it was. Um, But yeah, if you hadn't guessed, somewhere cold means that they would be moving to Rexford, Ohio, where Chad Daybell lived. And he Wait, Ohio? Idaho. Okay. Sorry, I said Ohio, but I'm in Idaho. I was like... I thought you, I thought it was Idaho. It is Idaho. And, then, and I don't know where Rexford, Ohio is. And I'm <laughs> no, from I'm Ohio. sorry. I misspoke. I'm so used to saying Ohio with you that yeah. I said Idaho. I mean, anyway. So yes. <laughs> listen here. <laughs> listen to what I mean and not what I say, okay? <laughs> okay, yes. Rexford, Idaho. Rexford, Idaho. Okay. Where Chad Daval lived. And he believed that Rexford, Idaho would be the new <laughs> Jerusalem. Sorry. Stop saying it because I'm going to say it next time. I'm going to say it as Ohio, I promise. On so accident. the land of potatoes is, is going to be. Honestly, I'm going to say something controversial. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to say. It's not that far off to believe that a land full of potatoes is the new Jerusalem. Holy. Is holy. Because potatoes in general are such a solid root vegetable. <laughs> starchy i love a starchy vegetable <laughs> but are russets your favorite because i kind of prefer i kind of prefer other kinds of potatoes i like the kinds <laughs> we're gonna start a second podcast about all about potatoes, potatoes. <laughs> i like the ones that are i don't remember which ones they are that are like more goldeny on the in the middle like yellow potatoes. yeah like yellow yeah, potatoes those are good they, I like those in they red tend potatoes. To be, I like red potatoes, too. Mm-hmm. My problem with red potatoes <laughs> is that they don't last very long in your house. No, they don't. So they that's my, really fast. my biggest issue. I always have, like, a bag of Idaho potatoes, like, just I mean, yeah. for, like, you know. I use Idaho. Well, sometimes I use yellow. I like the Yukon potatoes. Gold. Is yes, the Yukon Gold yeah. are also good for mashed potatoes. But yeah. typically, especially because I usually only, my family are a bunch of weirdos. They they all kind of have my husband's like Italian palate, and so potatoes are not. I am so predominantly stupid. English Irish 
Scottish. Oh, yeah. We're potato girlies. So I am a potato sandwich tea kind of person. Yeah. I'm they built to all... survive a famine for sure. They... <laughs> I would survive. I, I, am, I am built to survive the potato famine. Like, um, that's... But my children all take after their father kind of. And they like a lot of the stuff that he likes. And it's just a different palette. They like a lot of like Mediterranean kind of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Anyway, sorry for this tangent, guys. Okay. Carry on. Back to the case. Where Nobody were we? Cares oh, Idaho. <laughs> Nobody cares about our... The holy land of baked potatoes. <laughs> they come out of the ground baked. You can just eat them. <laughs> I wish. All steamy in the yeah. foil. In the foil so you can eat the skins too. You don't have to eat around the skin. With butter. <laughs> With butter. That's the okay. best way. Anyway. holy. They moved to holy potato land. <laughs> With and her brother moved with them. Alex Cox moved with of them. Of course he did. Yeah. He needs to know about their sex life. <laughs> yeah, he has to know. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about. First of all, if you're still here, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we're a little Delulu. We took a lunch break. So on September 8th, they went to Yellowstone National Park, where we see the last pictures of Tylee and last signs of life for Tylee. Hmm. So if you're looking for timeline, um, remember, Charles died on the 11th of July, and then they moved late August. She announced the move. It took them two weeks to move, and then, like, a few days after moving, they went to Yellowstone. Okay. Okay. So we have pictures of all of them there at Yellowstone, including Tylee. On September 9th, Alex's cell phone places him wandering certain parts of Chad's large property. He had a big piece of land and a big house there. Okay. September 22nd, JJ was at school and he came home to where Lori was hosting her friends, Melanie Gibb and her boyfriend, David, at their apartment because she was staying in like the little apartment. Oh, she wasn't living with Chad. She didn't No, move Chad's with- still married. Oh. Chad I, is with I his thought- wife and kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're putting the cart way before the horse. Okay. She has to move there first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then they'll deal with the wife. Just give me a few seconds. And then okay. We'll <laughs> All right. So she's staying in this apartment. JJ comes home from school. Melanie and her boyfriend, David, are hanging out there. And according to David's testimony later, and I'm kind of paraphrasing this because it's really sad. JJ was having a bit of a fit and had climbed up and down the kitchen cabinets and was screaming. And like their upper cabinets had a lip between the ceiling and the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten himself up and in there. Oh, my. Yeah. So David said that Lori called Alex. He came and got him. And then he took JJ away. And then a few hours later, he brought a sleeping JJ back inside. And that was the last time anybody saw JJ. So the very was next- JJ actually sleeping? The very next day, Lori is talking with Melanie. And she tells her that JJ had to be taken away because he was, quote, being a zombie. Oh, no. She gives no information as to where he is. She's, she says he's safe and he's fine. She gives no information as to where Tylee is. She goes to JJ's school the next day and withdraws him, claiming that she's going to be homeschooling him. A few days after that, um, remember in the last episode where I mentioned a second Melanie? Yes. It was her niece. Yes. She's an adult, like not a, a grown niece. Yeah. So her ex-husband was shot at at his home. A black Jeep 
the same black Jeep, it turned out to be registered to Charles Vallow, who's deceased, came by and shot at his home in his car. He was okay. Similarly, Tammy Daybell, Chad's wife, reported that a paintball gun was shot at her in her driveway a few days after Brandon was shot. And Brandon was the ex-husband of Melanie. Right. A paintball gun. Yep. Was it actually a paintball gun? Or That's she what she said. thought it was paintball. That's what she said. I don't, I don't. Huh. Okay. Ten days after the paintball gun incident, in quotes, Tammy dies suddenly in their home. She passed away in her sleep and her death is ruled natural causes. Chad had said that she had went to bed with a really nasty cough and that she just didn't wake up. They wanted to do an autopsy. But Chad refused, and she was buried. I, <laughs> I, I'm so stunned. Um, I wasn't aware that if somebody dies and they, and the state, if you will, decides that this seems weird, we want to do an autopsy. I think if you claim religious exemption, you can say oh, no. Okay. Um, and I don't know if it was like they decided or if they said we can do an autopsy because she's so young and she had no other health issues. And yeah. he said no. I'm not sure exactly, but he did. He was the one who made the call. Okay. For whatever reason he gave. Just a few days after her passing, he went and claimed her life insurance policy, which was a little over $400,000. A few days prior to her death, they had upped her life insurance policy to the maximum allowed. What? Mm -hmm. I am shocked. I should mention with the life insurance thing... Lori tried to claim Charles's life insurance, too, but during all of their divorce and their separation, he had changed his beneficiary, so it didn't go to him. Yeah. Um, she suspected that it went to his sister, but we'll never really know. So again, that's kind of late September, early October. Chad and Lori get married on a beach in Hawaii. No kids are present at the wedding or in any of the professional photos that they had taken that day. Wait, timeline? That was September, and a month later, they like got- Like, two and a half, almost three weeks, they got married. Like, like days after her celebration of life, they got married. Mm-hmm. What does Chad Daybell's children have to say about that? I think they, they were all grown. Still. Yeah. I don't care. They weren't, like, posting that they had gotten married, though. This yeah. was a secret. We just know because they had professional photos taken, and later they were given to somebody. But, yeah, no, it was not a well-known thing. And in those professional photos, are Tylee or JJ there? Nope. Oh, okay. In Hawaii, remind you, they live in Idaho. So Yeah. The entire time from when they moved until now, which had only been a couple months, Tylee and JJ's grandparents had been trying to contact them. They wanted to speak to them. They wanted to FaceTime them. They wanted to know that they were doing well. Yeah. Especially because whenever Colby texted his sister, he would get really weird responses that didn't really sound like Tylee. Yeah. But to Colby, I mean, he was a little preoccupied. His wife had a really rough pregnancy and had just given birth to his daughter, Riley. And so he was at home with a newborn baby and a recovering postpartum wife. And this whole move had taken place while she was having a very high risk pregnancy. So she, he was just he was distracted. Yeah, of course. Um, But he did call her out on the text sounding weird, and he tried to contact his mother, but he didn't really know what to think. His mom was just like, well, she's busy. She's suddenly in. She's got new friends. She'll call you when she can kind of thing. 
Well, the grandparents are not okay with this. And so they call the police to do a wellness check on JJ. And so given all the other court records surrounding Lori and everything that everybody's saying, they agreed and launched an investigation into the missing kids. When Colby started hearing and like realizing that things were off with Tylee, his wife, Kelsey, they started looking through the emails that they had been sending. Okay. Because originally with everything going on with Charles, they had just kind of been ignoring them because they were all a little bit out of pocket and like wacky and like they're just fighting and nobody needs to be involved with it. And yeah, you know, but Kelsey found an email that I think the subject line was like family history documents or something that had been forwarded to Charles or to Lori and they had somebody was tagged on it and they found it. Okay. And in this email, each of the family members is listed and it says like 3D3L or 1D1L or something like that for each member. Basically, when they looked to see who had sent the email, Chad had sent the email ranking, giving his ranking system yeah. of the Vallow family, of, of, his, of her family. Yeah. So like Tylee had this many bad and she was dark spirited and so was JJ but Colby had he had like a 3L next to his name Kelsey had like a 3D she was dark spirited like and so they when they put two and two together and they realized that that was his ranking system for them and they told everybody that's kind of when they really started to actually have some concerns because you know, you're not thinking the worst case scenario is that your mom has killed your siblings. You're not thinking that they're just yeah. missing, right? Like, you're just trying to figure out why you can't get in touch with them. Right. Um. So you had said that Chad did this just by looking at people. So that means he's met all of this family? No, he had not met them. Right. But she's still believing Lori is still believing that this is true of everybody even though he's never even met these people yeah i guess because they didn't even know who chad daybell was when they yeah. found the email she was like who is chad they, they had to google who it was wild mm -hmm. okay wackadoodle d so that's kind of when the investigation ramped up and i'm sorry if i just spoiled for you that the kids are no longer with us well, I think we're all yeah. realizing that it was heading in that yeah. direction. And I, the reason I it's like a spoiler is when the investigation started and they realized that Lori was not producing these kids, it was national news and that's when I started following it. Oh, wow. Okay. And I didn't think they were dead for weeks. And like every other week or something, there were, it was popping up on the news like they're still looking for Tylee and JJ. Yeah. And then when we did find out that they, when they find their bodies, I was crushed. So did you have an idea of where you thought they might be or? I just thought like that they were, I mean, she says at some point that they're with a friend in Arizona. She said that they were safe, that she just didn't want them involved in anything. I assumed honestly that she had them like hidden away somewhere where Tylee mm -hmm. was taking care of JJ and just being told to keep quiet about it and locked up somewhere because gotcha. she was going off the deep end is honestly what I thought was happening. And oh, I think okay. I always knew that somewhere in the back of my head, I always knew that they were probably dead. Yeah. 
But when you see pictures and videos of Tylee and JJ, that's the opposite of what you want to think. Yeah. So, yeah, it was hard to process this with the rest of the world and like with with the investigation it was fast. It was interesting for me. Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> but anyway, they start looking for the kids and. Meanwhile, over the last few months of not having them around, Lori had been telling people different things about where her children were. She would tell people, oh, well, JJ's just at school, or he's visiting his grandparents who hadn't seen him in months, or he was visiting with a friend in Arizona, like I said. And her and Chad were also known to say that Tylee had actually passed away in 2017. So she was just saying that JJ was her only, her, her only living minor child. And then JJ suddenly disappeared, and then she was just saying that she didn't have any minor children, that all of her kids were grown. Well, yeah, because she's relatively new to living there. Yeah, so nobody knew. So, yeah. I mean... I mean, somebody even said that when she they met Lori and she said, oh, do you have kids? She said, no. Just not acknowledging them at all. She didn't say, no, I have an older... Like, nothing. Wow. Yeah. So, on November 26th, 2019, when Felice finally get to her... And they ask her where JJ is. And for some reason, they didn't mention Tylee. I'm not sure why. She finally says, well, he's staying with a friend in Arizona, Melanie Gibbs. And they're like, okay, can you call her? She tries to call her. She doesn't answer. And they're like, okay, well, get in touch with her and have her call us because we need to verify that JJ is alive. This is a wellness check. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take a step further into the Chad and Lori bubble. Take a step with me in the conspiracy bubble. Ugh, do I have to? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so this is all in late 2019. Chad and Lori and their like little inner circle were under the impression that the rapture was coming July of 2020. But they didn't have much time left before their 20,000 zombies had to be handled. <laughs> and they needed to be married and situated for when the rapture came. Like, I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I don't know. So this would kind of, this mindset kind of explains why Alex married her friend Zulema, 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 not sure. I'm pretty sure they pronounced it Zulema in the thing, but I didn't hear her pronounce it, so I don't know. Yeah. And her niece Melanie married this other guy, and they were all sort of trying to find their plays in, into these, these roles that they thought they had to play and, you know, turn their lives upside down to work on killing these zombies. At one point, Lori refers to Alex as her hitman, and they also mention that Adam, their brother, is now a zombie, and so is Melanie's ex-husband, Brandon, hence the shooting, which if you haven't put two and two together, Alex was the one in Charles Vallow's Jeep doing the shooting at Brandon. Yeah. I'm just going to state the obvious here. I know. Yeah. Captain Obvious. Yeah. But this goes back to, we've talked about this before. This is why I hate, I hate, hate, hate cult cases. Because is Chad Daybell disgusting? Absolutely. But like, hello, how do you buy this man saying there's only 20,000 20, zombies in the world? Mm -hmm. And like all but one other person in your family or two other people in your family, they're all in your family. Yeah. So I have the same thought every time I listen to cult cases. And then I always come back to, they're going to say, well, it's because this is your destiny. It's meant to be this way. Oh, my way. God. Like, you were meant to have to deal with this so that you can be ready for it when it comes. Like, 
It it's you are not Uhtred <laughs> from Lost Kingdom. Yeah, literally. Destiny is all. It just it, yeah. It's because <sighs> okay. I have the same thought. I'm like, really, twenty thousand. There's twenty thousand in in you. the world. Yeah, in but, a world of billions of people. But like your your whole family is yes. is it? That's insane. Yeah. Well, Alex did have a strange conversation with his new wife Zalema at one point, indicating that he thought he would be Lori and Chad's fall guy, but he wouldn't say for what he was going to be taking the fall for. Though she kept saying like, "What did they do? What did they do?" And he's yeah. like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> did he say it just like that? <laughs> yeah, he did. On December 11th, 2019, Alex Cox suddenly died at 51 years old of natural causes. He had indications of blood clots and arteries of his lungs, and he actually had the overdose drug Narcan in his system, which is a little weird because he wasn't known to be a user. Mm, But I don't know. Unfortunately, the worst part about this is that this is a killer to the case because we would have so many more answers if he was alive. Do we know what Narcan does to people who don't actually need it? I don't know. <laughs> Just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. When they heard that, I mean, they were already in the process of this, but ironically, the very next day, December 12th, Tammy's body was exhumed. Okay. Good. There were too many deaths and disappearances that all led back to Chad and Lori. They are directly in the eye of this shitstorm. <laughs> Like, in the direct center. So on November 26th, when they visited Lori's townhouse in Rexburg for the the welfare check on JJ, Lori claimed that JJ was in Arizona with Melanie Gibb. Right. However, when contacted by the police, Melanie said that JJ had not been with her for several months. That, yeah, he had, she had, he'd been there, but not for a long time. So afterward, Melanie worked with the police, and she called Lori and Chad on a recorded call. And she was like, why? And she was so casual. She was a champ. She called him. She was like, hey, how are you guys? Oh, my gosh. So I just had a question for you. Why would you tell the police that JJ was with me? Like, he's not with me. Yeah. She was very, very, very well done. But Lori was like, well, I just had to tell them something so that, you know, they wouldn't, I wouldn't have to tell them where he really is. And she's like, well, is he okay? She's like, yeah, he's fine. But Melanie just didn't accept that answer. She was like, that's not really a solid enough answer. Because when she said, like, is he safe? And Lori's like, yeah, like, you know me. Of course he's safe. And she's like, but is he safe, though? And she's like, well, if you love me, you wouldn't be. I love you and you know me. And, like, you know that my kids are safe and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, you don't love me because why would you tell the police that I have your kid? (laughs) You sent the police after me. Yeah. And she's like, well... You just have to trust me. And like when Lori kind of fought them on it, they started going off on what a bad spirit David was. Oh, God. And she was like, well, can you blame me for asking questions? And Chad's like, well, with all that you know, you should trust us to like just make these decisions. And started saying that like David was the problem and that he was influencing her and that Melanie was hanging out with people that were against Lori and Chad. It was quite an aggressive conversation, and Melanie didn't make it that way. Yeah. That night, a neighbor observed Lori and Alex Cox packing up a truck outside her house, and the next day when the police arrived to investigate, it was abandoned. They also started investigating at Chad's home. 
it was in the police's efforts to find JJ because, again, like, Colby had technically been in contact with Tylee, and so the wellness check was done on JJ. Gotcha. Because of his autism. And I mean, Tylee's almost 17 years old when all of this is kind of going on. Yeah. This is when they realized that that Tylee was also missing. When they could not find JJ, they and they couldn't, you know. Yeah. So from December 2019 to January 2020, they really investigated, they, you know, intensified their investigation into the disappearances as well as looking into Tammy and Charles's death because it was weird that Lori and Chad had left Idaho. Evidence was collected. Tammy's body was exhumed for autopsy and Colby and JJ's grandparents and Tylee's grandparents pleaded with the Daybells on TV to return their children, even offering $20,000 as a reward to give them the children. Oh, my gosh. Chad and Lori refused to cooperate and, again, left the state. During the investigation, authorities found a storage locker in Rexburg that was rented by Lori in October of 2019. They discovered all of the belongings linking them to Tylee and JJ. Clothes, bikes, photographs. These items had all been left behind when they abruptly left Idaho. Video footage captured Lori and Alex moving items in and out of the locker in November of 2019 when they were leaving the state. Because they can't locate Chad and Lori and they have all of this information, they use it all to get search orders and court orders to serve them with paperwork. They are finally seen in Hawaii. The Hawaii police are cooperating and they serve paperwork to Lori that states that she must physically produce JJ and Tylee to the courthouse by January 20th, which was five days later. So she had five days to take them to the courthouse. Yeah. They also executed a search warrant on her car the same day of that paperwork, if I remember correctly. When she did fail to produce JJ or Tylee by the given Idaho court date, um... She's arrested, but it takes them two weeks to find her in Hawaii to arrest her. And then two weeks after that, she's extradited to Idaho. Okay. If you don't know what the word extradited means, it basically like if you commit a crime, but then you flee to another state, the other state will arrest you and hold you in their jail and then send you back to where you were supposed to be arrested from. So like it also works if. And I'm I'm nervous to say this because I don't I didn't fact check this, but this is what I remember from other cases. If you're in a state and you commit a crime that's worse in a in another state, yes, you can be extradited from the state you were arrested in to stand trial for the worst crime. Yes. Okay. We did a case like that. Yeah. Donald Leroy Evans. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I always just want to say, um, massive serial killer, played by Zac Efron. No, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. I cannot get the name. I always want to think of him, but that's not really what happened with him anyway. Ned Snyder. No. (laughs) That's what I was trying to say. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. She's held in Idaho on a $5 million bond for contempt of court and for failing to produce the children. I think the actual crimes listed were child abandonment and desertion, um, as well as resisting officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, contempt of court, you know, all the fun paperwork words. Yeah. Chad Daybell is confronted by journalists asking if the kids are safe, and he says no comment. He refuses to answer. It takes them until June 9th, which is basically three months because she was 
extradited by the time she got extradited to Idaho, it was like end of February. Okay. Because it was like she had until the 20th of January and then it took them two weeks to find her and then two weeks to extradite her. And so here we are. Basically a little over three months for them to get the warrants to search Chad's property. In the meantime, they really had no proof that the children were dead other than the fact that they couldn't find them. So it takes a long time for all of this to, you know, they have to exhaust other options first. Chad calls Lori in prison and informs her that they were searching the property. You can hear the defeat in his voice in the call. He knew exactly what they were going to find. Near the fire pit, they found the charred, dismembered human remains, which would later be confirmed to be Tylee Ryan. In another area of their pet cemetery kind of area of their property, in another shallow grave, there was a small boy in red pajamas who was, of course, confirmed to be J.J. Vallow. So let's fit their deaths into the timeline. September 9th, the day after Tylee is last seen, Chad Daybell sends a text to his wife explaining that he went outside to burn some debris before the rain came. And while he was out there, he shot a large raccoon and buried him in the pet cemetery. This, in hindsight, was likely to cover for the fact that he had burnt something and that there was a fresh grave. Alex Cox's phone pinged on the property for about two hours. His phone also pinged after the September 23 incident where he came to take JJ away while she hosted her friends. JJ was not dismembered or burned. He was found in the PJs that he left in that night. It is believed by David that when Alex brought JJ back inside, he was not already asleep, but rather dead. I knew it. Mm -hmm. They had been living child-free, working on zombies since September, telling people that Lori didn't have any kids at all, and they were living the life that they chose to live. JJ and Tylee's remains were discovered in the back of his property. JJ's body was wrapped in a black plastic bag wrapped in duct tape near a tree. A large piece of wood paneling and three flat rows had been laid over his remains in the earth. Chad is arrested. After trying to run, he got in his car and, like, bolted. But, of course, they just went and got him. (laughs) And he is ordered to be held on a $1 million bond. Days later, the authorities confirm that the remains belong to the two missing children. And um, they are arrested and both charged with destruction, alteration of concealment of evidence. But it is many more months before the actual murder charges are filed. Okay. Let's get into the burden of proof of it all. (laughs) So maybe you're going to touch on this now. But what came of Tammy's body being exhumed? We will get there. Okay. So. The main court document I'm going to cover, and the reason that this is a recent case is because the the verdict just came out, like, I mean, it's June now, but when I started looking into the case and stuff, it was right after it came out in late March of this year. Okay. But the main document I'm going to read from is actually the verdict form and the jury instructions that are given to the jury, and it's perfect for us to go over because it gives a detailed breakdown of each charge, as well as um, I think it'll be nice for listeners to hear how how juries are instructed yeah. To define each charge. It's kind of interesting. Okay. Also, this all took place during COVID. So remember that like things slow down even more than they normally do during criminal court because of everything, which is why we just got it finished up. Of course. I wanted to start by saying that the rapture did not come on June 20th, 2020, as they thought. Rather, they were both sitting in jail when that time came. What? And I would be so interested to know what they were thinking was going to happen. If Chad was in jail and he couldn't leave the rapture and how they excused Oh, that. that'll be 
that'll be his excuse. Yeah. I would have loved to see, like, if they hadn't gotten caught as soon as they did, oh, they and would've. the rapture came, except it didn't, what would Lori and all these other, the other couples that got married, even though they, from what I gathered, I'm guessing they didn't actually, they weren't actually involved romantically. No, no, they, they were not. just got married because he said, you need to be married. This is your person. Like, this he just is, told them yeah. to do it. So yeah. what would they all have done if the rapture date came and know, they man. realized, oh, Chad Daybell, he's just a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Who knows? So it wasn't until May 2021 when Lori and Chad were both charged over the murders of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy Daybell. They were charged for all three. Good. They are each charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy, and grand theft in connection with the deaths of JJ, Tylee, and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder in the death of Tammy. Mr. Daybell, Chad Daybell, is also charged with first-degree murder of Tammy. So she's just charged with conspiracy for Tammy, but he actually did it. Yes, that makes sense. The 27th of May... Three days after the charges are released, Lori Vallow is ruled unfit to stand trial and is committed to a psych facility for treatment. When she sat at the hearing, her arraignment hearing, I had seen videos of her from before everything because she was on Wheel of Fortune. Like she had been on two TV shows. Like you can easily find footage of her before she knew Chad. Okay. And then the footage of her at this arraignment hearing is, I swear it's a different person. Like, it's the same person, obviously, physically. Yeah. But her, it, the energy is so, uh, so creepy. Like, she comes in She's and she's like a zombie. Kind of, a little bit. She doesn't acknowledge Kelsey or Chad or, or um, Colby sitting in the front row or, you know, Charles's parents or anything. The only person she looks at is Chad, who's in the back corner. Of her first arraignment hearing because he hadn't been arrested yet before they had found them. Like, she just... Yeah. And she looked at him like he was the savior of everything. Like, he oh, was going to get her out of it. Like, it was horrifying. So, I wasn't shocked to read that she had been found unfit to stand her own trial. Like, her attorney was like, she's not in a headspace. She doesn't know the extent of what she's being charged with. It's not... You can't do it. So, she is sent to a facility to get treated for that. In June, she's charged with conspiring to murder her ex-husband, Charles Vallow. Prosecutors say that she conspired with her brother, Alex Cox. In August of 2021, prosecutors in Idaho say they're going to seek the death penalty against Lori and Chad. And then in October the following year, so a little over, you know, like a year and a couple months later, 2022, Lori is deemed competent to stand trial. So the trial can proceed now. Okay. Eight days later, on the 19th of October, she appears in court for her arraignment on the charges of murder. She refuses to enter a plea, which means that the judge entered a plea on not guilty on her behalf. They were originally being charged together, but in March of 2023, they decided they were going to try them separately for the murders of J.J., Tylee, and Tammy. And then Chad's case has actually been rescheduled while Lori's went ahead on the 3rd of April. Okay, so he still hasn't been tried? No. Yet? Okay. March 21st, the judge rules that Lori will not be able to face the death penalty for her kids, allegedly killing her two kids. And it's because the defense said that they wouldn't have time to fully review the the massive evidence that they had been given from the prosecution. Okay. Yeah. 
Chad still faces the death penalty at his trial. Good. On April 3rd, her trial begins. It takes until May 11th for the jury to be sent out for deliberation. It was a long trial. Wow. Lots of witnesses. Um, Melanie testified. David testified. Like, a bunch of people did. Yeah. And on May 12th, 2023, Lori Vallow was found guilty of first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and grand theft for, for the deaths of both her children. She was also found guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder and the death of Tammy. So I'm going to go ahead and read from the document that I referenced earlier for you. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit in- more information than we just have a little bit before we finish up. So for this count, this is Tylee's conspiracy charge. It starts and it says, um, in order for the defendant to be guilty of conspiracy, the state must, pr- must prove the each of the following. On or about October 16th, 2018 to January 15th, 2020, in the state of Idaho, the defendant Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and Alex Cox agreed to commit the crimes of murder in the first degree of Tylee Ryan and grand theft by deception. The defendant intended that at least one of the crimes would be committed. One of the parties in the agreement performed at least one of the following acts, and then it lists. On or between October 26, 2018 and June 9, 2020, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow did endorse and espouse religious beliefs for the purpose of encouraging and or justifying the homicide of Tylee Ryan. On or about August 16, 2019, Lori did change the deposit of Tylee Ryan's Social Security benefits from Tylee Ryan J.P. Morgan Chase account to deposit money directly into Lori's BV- BBVA account. So Tylee was receiving Social Security because her father passed away a few years prior, her biological father, and that was ruled natural causes. He had a heart attack. Yeah. So she was receiving Social Security benefits from that because he was she was still a minor. Gotcha. Yeah. On or about September 1st, 2019, Lori Vallow Daybell did move from Chandler, Arizona to Rexburg, Idaho with Alex Cox, Tylee Ryan, and Joshua Jackson or J.J. Vallow. On or about September 8th, 2019, Chad Daybell Googled SSW Wind and visited a website entitled What is the Difference of SSW Wind Direction? Considering that was the day that he was setting fires or planning to set fires the following day. Oh. On or about September 9, 2019, Alex Cox did go to 565 Pioneer Apartment 175 Rexburg, Idaho, which would have been Lori's apartment. Okay. On or about September 9, 2019 and February 1, 2020, Lori Vallow refused or failed to contact Social Security Administration as required by law to inform the Social Security Administration of Tylee Ryan's death. On or about September 25, 2019, January 22nd of 2020, Lori Vallow did wrongfully continue to collect five monthly Social Security survivor benefits on behalf of Tylee Ryan. And seven and such was acts was done for the purpose of carrying out the conspiracy. So basically. In order for them to charge her with conspiracy, right. they had to all agree, Lori, Chad, and Alex, to commit the crime of murder in first degree and at least one of the following. So they didn't have to prove all of it. They just had to prove at least one of, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, hmm. and commit the murder in tandem. They did all of those things. Yeah. But in order to prove conspiracy, they had to have the murder and one additional proof. Yeah. Fascinating okay. to me. 
basically JJ's is the same, so I'm not going to bore you by reading it. There's a little bit of a difference, but it's, you know, not a yeah, big enough it's difference. It's the same concept. Yeah, exactly. And then they proceeded to ask them about malice afterthought, af- a-, a forethought, a forethought. That's how you pronounce that. Afterthought. Yes. And it's including aiding and abetting. So basically, um, I'll just read it to you. It's just easier, I think, than trying okay. to explain it. In order for the defendant to be guilty of first-degree murder with malice aforethought, the state must prove each of the following. So they have to prove all of these. On or about September 8th, 2019 to September 9th, 2029, 2019, 2029, in the state of Idaho, the defendant Lori Vallow Daybell engaged in conduct or did aid, abet, advise, counsel, or procure another to engage in conduct, which caused the death of Tylee Ryan. The defendant acted without justification or excuse with malice aforethought, and the murder was willful, deliberate, and premeditated killing. Premeditation means to consider beforehand whether to kill or not to kill, and then decide to kill. There does not have to be any appreciable period of time during which the decision to kill is considered as long as it reflected before the decision was made. A mere unconsidered and rash impulse, even though it includes intent to kill, is not premeditation. They give them a little bit of information on premeditated murder. Yeah. The same thing for JJ. Right. And now let's get into Tammy. So basically, there's only one thing that's majorly different that I wanted to mention. And that is in the instruction paragraph, it says that on or about July 30th, 2019, Chad and Lori sent text messages to each other regarding, quote, death percentages for Tammy and JJ. I have no idea what that's all about. Death percentages. Yeah. They were it, this is also saying that they were using burner phones and that da 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 Chad Guy Daybell and Lori Noreen Vallow Daybell sent text messages to each other about Tamara Tammy Daybell being quote in limbo and Tammy being possessed by a spirit named Viola. Oh, oh, I got it. I think. Sorry. Okay. I just moved my chair and it sounded okay. bad. I mean, the only thing that makes sense to me is that because you said that they believe that as the demon takes oh, over your soul, their soul, it, it like dies yeah. and the demon takes over. So maybe maybe it's not just an automatic thing. Maybe in their mind, it's a process True. because of how his system was about like, you're so dark or you're so yeah. light, like maybe- True the death percentage is like you know the percentage of which the demon has taken over and your soul is gone that that tracks with me so basically that's i thought was the most interesting thing of the court documents what i thought was important was the social security information because a it's another crime for them to stick on her and b it proves that she was planning it because she did it before before she killed tylee yes um so she was found guilty on all counts, everything. There was not a single thing that they tried to stick with her that they couldn't prove because, again, all of this was pretty obvious. Yeah. It wasn't obvious in the moment, though, and it was very, very difficult to, for me anyway, to learn the truth about what happened because I wanted so badly for Tylee and JJ to be okay. Yeah. This case is kind of the first case for me that really got me into true crime like i liked it but i wasn't as invested in true crime i would just listen to podcasts you know casually 
whenever I needed something playing in the background. It wasn't something yeah. that I like retained anything of. But Tylee and JJ took victims from being stories to being human for me. Yeah. And so this case is a big deal um, in in my true crime journey. And I hope that you guys kind of feel the same way. Like these are this is a seven, you know, a 16-year-old and a seven-year-old kid. Yeah. I think that. that's why I don't often follow stories as they're happening because yeah. it it's hard. It's hard to it's a different type of investment. Like yeah. it's not to say that when you hear a case that's an older case that is long past that you don't have empathy or sympathy for the families, for the victims. You do, but there's just something different about it all kind of unfolding right yeah. in the moment that yeah. it, it gives... You lose hope along with everybody else. Yeah. And if you look at it in hindsight, you already know, know what happens. Yeah. And so it was really important for me to to finish this case and to, I think, if we hadn't started the podcast, I think it would have bothered me for a long time not being able to fully flesh out my feelings about it and um, reflect on how it affects the way that I view what we do. Yeah. And um, view this hobby. And yeah, it, it was important. And it just sucks because. Well, I'm glad that I managed to throw in a few funnies yeah. so that you didn't cry. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in there, guys. If you made it through, I can't think of an emoji. A potato. <laughs> yes. Is that's there a, a perfect potato? One. There, I think there is a potato emoji. Yeah. Go Send leave a, a potato. potato. Or tell us your thoughts. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear what you have to say. I hope that this resonated with you guys the same way that it resonates with me. And if not, I hope that there's a case out there that does that for you. Because I think it's important for us to humanize what we do. Because otherwise, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Anyway, I'm out of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we That's will see okay. you guys next week. Um, Next week, I hope you... Bring a bucket of water, and that's your only hint. Oh, I like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.